Blow My God is brought to you by Afterglow ATX, a digital music publication in Austin, Texas. Read the entirety of our content at afterglowatx.com and follow us on all social media at Afterglow ATX. Hi guys, and welcome to the very first episode of Glow My God, an Afterglow ATX official podcast serving the hottest takes about what's next in your queue. I am your co-host, Zoe Jadilla, also the co-editor-in-chief of Afterglow, and with me today is my partner in crime, Delaney Davis, the other editor-in-chief of Afterglow. Today's guest is Afterglow's very own social media editor, Nick Gonzalez, and today we'll be talking about all things Taylor Swift and Lover, which has officially debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart within its first week of release. But before we get started, it's time for our first segment, What's New in Music? With What's New in Music, we recount the biggest news in the music industry from the past two weeks. What are some new excitements that have gotten y'all the most excited? I've been really excited about Norman Fucking Rockwell, the sixth studio album by Lana Del Rey, and my personal favorites include the title track, uh, Mariner's Apartment Complex, Love Song, Venice Bitch, and Cinnamon Girl. Uh, Lana already announced a new album due in 2020 called White Hot Forever. In other news, Kendall Jenner, Pusha T, Lil Yachty, and other influencers have been officially sued over Fire Festival. E! News is reporting that many influencers are being sued for the sponsored content fees they accepted in exchange for promoting the eventually disastrous Fire Festival. And according to court documents obtained by E!, the lawsuits were, filled, were filed in New York's bankruptcy court by Gregory Messer, Fire Festival's trustee. FKA Twigs confirms new album Magdalene to be released in the fall. In an interview with ID, Twigs says the album is going to be about, quote, every lover that I've ever had and every lover that I'm going to have. Twigs, who has become a tabloid fixture in recent years following high-profile relationships with actors Robert Pattinson and Shia LaBeouf, spoke about finding solace in Mary Magdalene's story. Quote, I used to laugh to myself about how, as a woman, your story is often attached to the narrative of a man. End quote. Billie Eilish is not happy with Nylon Germany's CGI cover of her bald. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really funny. The magazine released the cover of their Digital Prodigies issue and promoted it via Instagram, in which Eilish commented, quote, What the fuck is this shit? One, I was never approached by Nylon about this piece whatsoever. I did not know it was happening, nor did anyone on my team. Two, this is not even a real picture of me. I had absolutely no creative input. Three, you're going to make a picture of me shirtless that's not real at 17 and make it the cover? Even if the picture was supposed to look like any robot version of me, I did not consent in any way. Four, and you're going to remove all my fucking hair? Boo to all of you. Yikes. <laughs> so I'm following up with another polarizing figure, Miss Nicki Minaj. So today on Twitter, Miss Minaj announced that she's officially retiring from music. She tweeted... I've decided to retire and have my family. I know you guys are happy now. To my fans, keep repping me. Do it till the death of me. <laughs> In the box, because ain't nobody checking me. Love you for life. <laughs> Always got to love those words from Nikki. And then, even more controversy, Jay-Z's Rock Nation has created a clothing line with the NFL as well as a new music series. This has caused a lot of outrage among fans due to his previous stance against the NFL due to their views on the Colin Kaepernick protests. And um, 
This position by Jay-Z is actually in complete reverse to his attitudes towards the NFL, most notably seen in his verse on Ape Shit, where he basically says, I don't need you to the Super Bowl halftime mm. show. And then, following off Nikki's announcement in terms of leaving music, Ed Sheeran recently announced that he's taken an 18-month break from music, telling a crowd in Ipswich <laughs> that, as you may or may not know, I've been on the Divide tour for over two years now, and this is the last day of the whole thing. There's something very bittersweet about it. Depending on your views on Ed Sheeran, <laughs> this may or may not be a bad thing. And then following her first release, Camilla, Camilla Cabello announced her next album, Romance, by posting a video on her Twitter. The video features her chest like opening up and revealing like a bunch of gears, like a like a musical box. It, it's weird. And <laughs> she originally posted an image of her sitting on top like of a pedestal among a bunch of Greek columns. And it looked really, really photoshopped. And basically all the, co- um, all the comments on it were like her fans dragging her. So that was fun. And those are our highlights for the week. And now we have save, skip, repeat of the week, which is pretty self-explanatory. Personally, I would save the song Petals by Chromatics. Love their work. I would skip Lover by Taylor Swift for just personal reasons. Sorry, Nick. Um, and on repeat has been Norman fucking Rockwell because it's a really good album. It's really, really good. For me, I would say Throw It Back by Missy Elliott, which is off of her new comeback project, Iconology. Next, I would skip Sublime's original Due in Time because I think Lana does it so much better. And it's one of those rare cases where the cover is a lot better than the original. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I would save Champagne Shine by Madison Baker, who's an Austin-based pop artist, and Champagne Shine is her very first single. Um, I would save Post Malone's most recent song, Circles, which (laughs) I didn't expect to like because I thought I didn't like Post Malone, but Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that song. He went to my high school. Really? Really? Yep. Grapevine High School. Wow. Well, there you have it. Um, (laughs) I would skip. Senorita by Sean Mendes. Oh, terrible. <laughs> because I watched the VMAs the other day, and that's the first time I ever heard that song, and it was just not good. Yeah. And I, I like Sean Mendes. Well, the VMA and performance was pretty bad, too. It was kind of just like her walking around. Aren't they dating? Wall. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then on repeat, um, yeah, also Norman fucking Rockwell for me, and mm-hmm. Lover, of course. But <laughs> That's for the next section. <laughs> Now we are on to the meat of our podcast, which centers on this week's hot take. Each episode, we will have a special guest that has pitched their hot take of the week, and we will have selected their idea to be featured in this episode. Our first guest is Afterglow social media editor Nick Gonzalez, who describes himself as a dedicated Swifty. In fact, in his bio on our website, he says it is, quote, his most problematic quality, end quote. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on Lover? Um, well, to absolutely nobody's surprise, I really love it. <laughs> um, I think it's important before we even dive into talking about this for us all to establish our general relationship with mm. Taylor Swift in okay. 2019. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. for me, yes, I am a Swifty, but I would like to think that despite that, I'm still able to be 
neutral somewhat neutral or like okay. understand opposing viewpoints right. um you know i don't just love everything she does mm-hmm. although i do love most things <laughs> she does i would say for me like i kind of used to be anti taylor but i actually really really like this album and i think i'm coming around her i think i think a lot of the media coverage kind of portrayed her as like a brat and a lot of the media coverage about her especially in regard to the men that she was dating was really slut shamey mm-hmm. and so i think now that i'm older especially i can appreciate her more as a pop music pop artist because what she really did was ground make ground breaking gosh i'm just so taken a bit away by her um she like <laughs> she switched from like pure country to pop and she's one of the leading pop artists of today so i do wow. have a appreciation for her now and i actually really really did like this new album um me personally i'm a big fan of like work wise i'm a big fan of like old taylor swift um what's like the cutoff just curious it has to be like only it's only it's pretty fairly recently i'd say i i hated reputation and like ever since then i've just not liked any of the content she put out per se um 1989 was definitely my favorite album by her. Um, and I don't know. I'm just not, I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty or I don't really like her. Maybe it's just because I agree that a lot of the media coverage on her has been very slut shamey and um, she's kind of looked upon as a person who avoids problematic issues until recently when I feel like it's kind of worked her benefit so that that part kind of really bugs me about her because it doesn't feel like genuine because she's been praised for it recently I don't know I listened to Lover once and (laughs) I mean I kind of thought that same thing too about her like not getting into politics and like that's really privileged but um I think in the article Annie wrote, she mentions that Taylor kind of in an interview said that, oh, the reason I've been staying out of politics is because I think I would make things worse because I have a reputation as like a bad, bad girl. Mm. Um, I kind of see two sides of it. Obviously, I'm not in like an example like what's that song? You need to calm down. A lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community were like, this is like queer baiting or like using that for a commercial gain, but there were a lot of people in the LGBTQ community that enjoyed it. And obviously I'm not in that community, so I'm not gonna say that. So I do think there's a lot of mixed views about her activism lately. Um, mm-hmm. And I can definitely see both sides of it. I think it's interesting though, like when I just asked the question, what do you think about Taylor Swift? It wasn't even really tied to her music very much. It was yeah, so much like, I agree. what do you think about Taylor Swift as a person? And yeah. I think that happens to anybody who gets to the magnitude of like, pop stardom that she has but i think no one more so than her right now yeah i think there's no one more polarizing than her Mm -hmm. um and i kind of do feel like critiques of her not being political are super valid and that's a really fair reason to kind of not really like taylor swift but it's also interesting because one thing that was unique about lover compared to every album prior to this is that this is the first time that she was outspoken about things, and even that was kind of received in a mixed way. So it's kind of yeah. like, will she ever be able to, like, what is the correct path of action for her in terms of being outspoken? She's definitely like a damned if you do, damned if you don't type yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. 
But that being said, I don't like You Need to Calm Down as a song really Terrible. Like, at yeah. all. Oh, my God. Um, it, it won VMA of the year, though. Uh, that, a little, no. Video Old Town year. Road, Old, Old Town Road was robbed. <laughs> I don't care. I know it won, but Old Town Road Great was production. robbed. Great Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, I, like, that kind of brings us to an interesting point about, like, leading up to this album, I think everybody kind of was expecting it to be bad or a flop yeah um just because i think everyone here probably agrees that me was like a very Terrible. bad song right brendan yuri's so feature is this kind of like oh, girl what are you doing they just don't complement each other's voices or styles at all i don't I know feel like they, were... they could have oh yeah, yeah i think too because he has a very didn't. pop voice in some yeah. ways it just was very cringy to me when i first heard it i just thought it was one of the worst songs i've ever heard yeah but. so like that song came out and kind of universally got panned and then You Need to Calm Down came out and was more mixed in reception but mm -hmm. garnered both like praise and controversy I guess I personally don't really like that song I think it's okay I think it's one of the worst songs on this album so <laughs> yeah for sure the two like, singles I think were the worst songs on the album yeah which is which is sad for marketing reasons because yeah. like Cruel Summer is an absolute bop yes. and everyone from what I've read loves that song I if that song that becomes song. a single I think that would be great for her marketing wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know Delaney. You have some opinions on the marketing of this album. So do you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Taylor Swift is so interesting to me because she she really sticks to a traditional album rollout in a way that a lot of current artists do not. That's she, that's very true. You know, like she dropped. She would not. Taylor Swift would never surprise release. Something. Oh yeah. Mm. Like, even in the lead-up to me, there was, like, a countdown for two weeks. Okay. So, like, she's very much about drumming up interest the old way. And, like, she'll, yeah. like, put out billboards or, like, she'll put ads in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird things that other artists aren't doing. That's like, really she's really tied to, like, traditional methods of promotion that I think is interesting. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, additionally, Taylor Swift, like, is constantly outselling everyone, like, by leaps and bounds. Like, mm -hmm. really the only person who can sell as many albums as Taylor Swift can sell is like Adele. That's true. Um, yeah. And so like, it's really interesting because she goes all out in promo. Like she does stuff with all of the streaming platforms. She like goes to all the talk shows. She performs at award shows. She, you know, she does very traditional things. Um, but then, so I think that is smart and obviously benefits her. But in terms of the content that she released prior to the album, like, like, in terms of immediate <laughs> media placement, I'm like, yeah, that made a lot of sense. Right. Like, you did all the things you needed to do. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think she almost, like, shot herself in the foot releasing me and you need to calm down before the album because she she does this a lot. People say this about Taylor Swift. Like, oh, she releases, like, a really jarring first single yeah. just to, like, drum up yeah, conversation. Yeah, and he talked about them in her And then, well. yeah, and then... The second single is like the really good one, and then the promo singles like all give different tastes of the album. Yeah, and but I just think with "Look What You Made Me Do," it was like <laughs> polarizing. I personally fucking love I that know. song. <laughs> that song. It was the music video that was I, polarizing, right? Yeah, it was the whole thing. Well, because no. that was the height of her controversy with Kim and Kanye, right? Well, it was, was it then? I'm not a dedicated no, Swifties. So I don't like, know the dates. Basically, like 
all that Kim and Kanye stuff happened in like 2016, and then she went like radio silent for like essentially a year. Okay. And then she like wiped her social media. She like started teasing Reputation, and the uh-huh. first taste we got was "Look What You Made Me Do." Okay. And it was like such a hard reset from 1989. Right. Which right. I feel yeah. like people I love really love 1989. Like I did when I was in was high school. Really good. Everyone fucking loved 1989. Yes. Like, that was a moment. What did you do? You, I, to be honest, I didn't really listen to Taylor's, oh like, God. actual. Lover is the first Taylor album I've listened all the way through. The only, like, song I think I heard from 1989 was what? Bad Blood? Is that from that? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good album. I will say that. Yeah. I'll so, give it a listen after this. It's good. So, I think <laughs> Reputation, and she has since, when talking in Lover promo, referred to reputation as like almost a defense mechanism as like that was her playing a character because that was her way of like working through the aftermath of a public like Mm -hmm. complete turn of opinion I Um, never listened to that album though and I don't really I kind of want to unpack why maybe it's because to me it felt like ingenuine yeah because she used to have this really like I don't want to say sugary sweet, but kind of sweet pop persona. And then even, like, the cover of Reputation, it's, like, very dark. It's, right. like, goth in some ways. And I think it's, like, a was such a big turn. Like you said, it didn't mm-hmm. seem genuine, it even though it may did. have been a defense mechanism. Yeah, I don't think it really sat well with anyone because people who really care about Taylor Swift, either in the fact that they, like, really like her or they really dislike her, like, people right. who have a strong opinion on Taylor Swift— like both sides viewed it as disingenuous and then people who just casually listen to Taylor Swift don't give a fuck about the Kanye West drama right? and it's just like an entirely different musical output than they expected from her mm-hmm. and so that was off-putting as well and like chart numbers kind of reflect that as well in terms yeah. of like the Reputation era so but, it's uh, interesting. What do you think about that? I, I really like Reputation and I think when people talk about the Reputation era they're talking about a very small chunk of the actual music like the front half of that album it's really front loaded in terms of like being very like loud and electronic and like angry Mm -hmm. but then all of that peels back in the second half and it's very much a normal Taylor Swift album like it is just songs about her loving her boyfriend yeah and like you know it's I don't think it's a significant step down in terms of songwriting either then I think I've been reading a lot of stuff about lover and I feel like as time has progressed Looking back, people are kind of appreciating reputation more, but at the time it was definitely like mm-hmm. the norm to think this was very strange. Wasn't the reputation tour like like really well attended? Oh, it's like it broke One of the like best. it like shattered yeah. records. Like it's her most successful tour. Like it was completely. Which is sold interesting out. that like the album wasn't light, but the tour was really successful. Yeah. And I think it kind of just speaks to the fact that like Taylor Swift at this point is like almost an like, unstoppable force. Yeah, even if she like, does something sure. people don't like, she's still going to make bank. But it's it, still going to be successful. It's less mm-hmm. dependent on what her most recent musical output was because whether you like that or not, you know at a Taylor Swift concert, you're going to hear some songs you really like from yeah. some point in her career. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like... And with Lover, that's really interesting because, like, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that Lover is the first Taylor Swift album with, like, no expectations because with 1989 it was like oh this is her first official pop album right and then right. with reputation it was like oh this is like her first thing from coming back Angsty. from like being canceled you yeah. know and so this is just like a normal taylor swift album and people have been saying like it's a return to form to okay. like an old taylor swift album so that's why yeah. i'm kind of interested if you said that you used to like old taylor if 
you enjoyed any songs off of this album? I did. I really liked um, Cruel Summer, mostly because I'm a big St. Vincent fan. I really liked um, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Um, I liked, what's it, Cornelia Street and Soon You'll Get Better. I think those are my the standouts for me in yeah, that album. Yeah, for sure. What's interesting about this album, I really like it, and I think lyrically with some exceptions, such as Me, You Need to Calm Down, mm-hmm. and London Boy. Although, I will defend London Boy because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, that song, like, it's so corny, but, like, I don't think people give Taylor Swift enough credit for knowing when she's being corny. Like, yeah. it's almost like camp, you know what I mean? Like, right. look what you made me do is camp. Yeah. Like, you That's know, she, an interesting she's way to not put saying it. that with a straight face, and if you enjoy it <laughs> like that then, yeah, it's going to be weird. But if you take it as I feel like she means it, yeah, it's like you can enjoy it for different reasons. And right. that's kind of how I feel about London Boy. But anyways, what I, I don't, what was is I that, even saying Is that about that? Harry Styles? No, it's about Joe. Her, her Joe beard. is British? Joe is British. <laughs> I I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, I did know. watch him in um, the, favorite. the Favorite. I didn't even know who Cutie he was pie. until I found out. He's like not that cute is the thing. Okay, Are they he's engaged? Like, he kind of, no. Because I heard rumors they're engaged. Well, I doubt it. Isn't there the s- rumors that like r- lovers hinting at an engagement with her new boo? Well, or yeah. Throughout the whole album, like multiple songs, like not like lyrically nod to like an engagement. Like I dear, in in love <laughs> in the song "Lover," like the entire bridge is her like almost giving like a wedding toast. Yeah. And yes. then "Paper Rings" is about the fact that she'd like marry him with like paper rings, even though she likes shiny. I like that song. That song That's reminds me. Of, like, I love that song. Sleater Kinney, like yeah. really light pops. One of my friends mentioned Sleater Kinney. I was like, oh. Yeah. I think my favorites are "Cruel Summer," obviously, "Paper Rings." Um, I love the man. I don't know, maybe it's that feministy part in me. And I thought I wouldn't like it because I thought it would come off as, like, not genuine from her. But, yeah. like, I think it's really powerful. I mean, from, like, a feminist perspective, some of the stuff she's done in the past I think is pretty remarkable. Like, whenever she sued for the sexual dollar. harassment, it was, like, a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, symbolic because she doesn't need money. Like, she's loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that one. I also really like um, the title track, and I really like The Archer. Um, I kind of think the Archer slept on, but I kind of like it because it's like a good song to play in the background and it's soft. But mm-hmm. totally, that's what uh, I like about it. I yeah, I agree with like most of what you just said. I the man is interesting to me because I agree with you. I think the message is like great, and I feel like when I heard I read the Vogue profile before the album came out, uh-huh. and they just have like one lyric from the man in it. And they described yeah. it as like a feminist anthem, and I was like, "Oh no, yeah, yeah. she is going to get shit on so hard for this. People are going to say this is her trying to copy Beyonce. Right, right, right. They're going to say it's white feminist. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, and all of those things very well could have been true. Like, I was very nervous about that song, but I, I think it's. I don't think she says anything groundbreaking in it, but it's. It's from her own experience. Right. Exactly. So like, I think that's what makes it very exactly like the. It coming from Taylor Swift gives it more weight than I think it would have coming from someone else. But that's I wouldn't say that's my favorite on the album, not because of any lyrics. I just think like production wise, it's it's one of the more boring ones. But what's interesting is a lot of the songs I really like and that a lot of my friends liked, like Miss Americana or I Think He Knows. I think those are super great songs, but they all sound like other artists. So like 
with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak yeah. Prince. Yeah, everyone says like, it sounded that, like Lana. Right. I don't really hear Lana. I don't hear, I don't Lana either. Either. I hear Halsey. <laughs> Okay, I can see that. I feel like, yeah, if you've switched up the vocals, like, that, that is passable. Yeah. Interesting. And then with, like, I think he knows, that, like, straight up could be a dedicated track. Like, that is Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, and so I was talking about this a lot because I feel like Jack Antonoff, who did, like, a huge, like, the majority of this album, like, right. people have very strong opinions about Jack Antonoff as yes. well. People say, like, he kind of, like, taints the artists that he works with, like, mm-hmm. Lord St. Vincent. Um mm-hmm. I don't fully agree with that. Like, I feel like when he works with other art, Norrin fucking Rockwell is a great example of. Yeah. Oh, did, Jack, he, did he, he produce that he one? Yeah. All of it. So, like, yep. I feel like that's a great example of Jack being able to work with an I thought, artist. I thought, sorry, I thought he co-produced it with Lana. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, that's, I feel like that's a great example of, like, Jack being able to work with an artist and it not sounding like Jack at all. Right. Um, and I feel like Lord, there might be a few like Jack isms like in right. melodrama, but it's but still also very much a Lord But also she leaned more towards album. pop, and that was yeah. I feel like that was her decision. Yeah. But like with Taylor, and this is just like an interesting, I don't know, just like thing to think about it. I guess is like, what does Taylor Swift like as a pop artist? Like, what is her signature sound? Because mm. I feel like almost the unique thing about Taylor Swift is her songwriting, and that's what she gets uh, like lauded for a lot, and I think that's deserved. But then sonically, I don't think she has, like, a defined palette that is ownable by her the way that, like, a Lord or a Lana does. It's because she's shifted so much. Exactly. So when people say these songs sound like the Jack is really coming out in these songs, I think it's just because production is never the focal point for Taylor. Yeah, I I agree with that. I still don't—I wouldn't consider them generic, even though they sound sonically like other artists, because Mm -hmm. lyrically they really couldn't be performed by anyone other than Taylor. So, yeah, I, that's just, like, something I saw a lot of people saying was that they thought this album was good, but just, like, playing it safe. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And I don't know if I fully agree with it. I do think some aspects of this album, like, very much were designed to guarantee success. Like, I mean, this is the first album Taylor Swift has ever released immediately onto a streaming platform. And, yeah. like, just looking at the track listing, like, it's clear that she designed that with—she designed this album with that in mind, like— all of the tracks are much shorter than, like, Taylor Swift on Speak Now. Like, her longest song is, like, <laughs> six minutes long. Yeah. Like, it's very long. Yeah. The longest song here is four minutes and 47 seconds, and that's, like, oh. a extreme outlier. Like, most of these songs fall at three minutes or right below it. Okay. And that's kind of, like, something we've seen as a whole as we've shifted towards streaming because mm-hmm. people want shorter songs that are just, like, right. repeatable. And keep go- yeah. And then also the fact that there's 18 songs on this album, like— yeah. That's definitely like it's a monster. That's huge. Like, yeah. and that's also something we've didn't. I've I've heard people call this album bloated, and I think that's. <laughs> I don't think it is. In what way? In terms of like, she shoved some filler in there in order to have more tracks so that she can get more streams. Okay. I mean, I think every album has filler because yeah. there's always going to be songs that you skip over that you just don't right. naturally gel to. I mean, I can think of a few albums where I love every single track but even if i love an album like i'm the biggest little monster in the world but there are some like tracks on some gaga albums that i don't love as much as the others and are probably filler but i think that's just kind of the nature of doing pop music especially because you're producing so much yeah on an album and so you're always going to kind of have some filler and i think it's kind of inev- inevitable mm-hmm. yeah that's true i honestly like and i I kind of want to ask you all this too. Like, if you could take any songs off this album, what would you take off? Because 
For me, really, I would take off me, like, without a question. Yes. Yeah. I would wipe yeah, that sure. from existence. <laughs> and I would maybe take off, you need to calm down. But when you take those two off, like, looking at the rest of the track list, I really do think it's a solid album. And for an 18-track album, like, 16 that's out of 18, that's yeah. pretty good. I mean, as much as I love the name, I do agree with Annie. I kind of skipped over Afterglow, Afterglow a little bit. Shout out Afterglow. <laughs> but I didn't think it was like a bad, like I wouldn't take it off. I just, I don't, I'm not as drawn to it as I am the other. It's others. not going to be like a single. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know what you thought about the visuals of the album, because that's what I kind of hinted at when I was talking about marketing. And I guess maybe marketing wasn't the right words, but I don't love the visuals for the album. Just because I feel like I described that it looks like Justice, like that old store. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, didn't she have like a glitter heart around her? Yeah, she did. Yeah. I I don't love it. I mean, but at the end of the, the day, like, the music does speak for itself more than the visuals do. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know your opinion. But I feel like I think album art is so important because before yeah, you so listen yeah, to anything, sure. that's what you see. And that's going to shape in your mind what you're expecting from this album and uh-huh. what kind of mood it's going to be associated with you in your mind. Like, yeah. I do not think album art could be more important. I agree. And that's why I'm so frustrated by Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> she just never really has good album art. Yeah. Maybe okay. I really love Red in 1989's album art. I love 1989. It's so it's cute. When the Reputation album cover came out, I was like, "This is fan made." Yes, this has to be fan made. It's like the Lady Gaga photo this way cover. <laughs> Please say where sight. she's like on a motorcycle. <laughs> so coming off of that, like, I do like this more. But what disappoints me about this? What disappoints me about this is that. It makes the album seem more fluffy and, like, I guess, glittery or immature than it yeah, actually is. Yeah, it gives yeah, me, like, a childish sure. vibe. With a different... Cotton candy, like, yeah. glitter, yes. like, just the imagery with the it. visuals that came out prior to this album were different, and if the only thing that changed was that she released... Say she released Cruel Summer as a single, yeah. and never... We never heard anything of... <laughs> like if that had happened, if she had right. released a different song and had different artwork, this album would be viewed in like an entirely different lens. I agree. I agree. Like when I first saw the art for this, even the the single art for "You Need to Calm Down" with the tattoo on her back, like oh yeah, ah, just terrible. It's bad. Ah, it's just so bad. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't like the visuals of this, which is disappointing because. If the visuals and the lead single choice would have been better, I think it would be getting more acclaim. It's not not mm-hmm. it's honestly being perceived pretty well. Like it's getting very good reviews. I mean, and it debuted at number one, right? So yeah, yeah, I mean that was that was That's never like, a question though. Exactly. The caliber for Taylor Swift is so much it's way different uh, than yeah, it is for every artist. And going back to what you were talking about, like why people don't like her, I honestly, and this was probably true for me, the reason why I started disliking her so much in the beginning is because she kept winning everything. And right. I kept getting annoyed every single time it's I watched the, the Grammy. I was like, <laughs> ugh, they're so biased towards Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. And I think that was just me being like a hardcore Gaga stan and being upset she wasn't <laughs> winning things, but... But I think now I can kind of appreciate, like, why she won some things. Because I do think, like, like regardless of what I think about her and, like, her personal life, she is a really good songwriter. She like, is. She is. And so I do think a lot of her accolades are well-deserved. But I do think that kind of functions into her. Because a lot of people, I think, when they think of Taylor Swift, they think overrated and overplayed. And I think the fact that 
she keeps winning everything or at least did in the past kind of played into it. But she has like a lot of staying power as well. You know, it's not just the fan base, but also the fact that she and because a lot of her talent, I feel, in my opinion, is rooted in her songwriting. When you hear a Taylor Swift song, it's like immediately recognizable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not in that like style, how like she's changed styles so much, but it's like, that's I knew you were trouble. That's red. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's very familiar to me. If you looked at like a sheet of lyrics and it didn't say who it was written by, I feel like you could be like, oh, this right. Is a yeah. Swift yeah. Song. For sure. No one writes a love song like she does. She's yeah. the love songwriter of our generation. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> I mean, I think she is. I think she's one of those people that consistently writes about love, and I think that's her main, like, I mean, I was reading a Wikipedia article on the, her before this because I wanted to know more, more about her that basically said, like, her themes are love and, like, past relationships, and I do think she writes it a lot better than a lot of people do. Exactly, like, mm-hmm. m- like look at a list of, like, popular songs like nine out of ten of them are going to be about love that's not a taylor swift exclusive thing i think the reason why it's attributed with her more than anyone else is just the publicity she she does it her skill with such specificity in a way that other people do not Mm -hmm. so that partnered with the fact that she is such a big artist like inevitably it's going to lead to like people questioning like oh who is this about like what yeah okay you know like so it has like intrigue to it where people are trying to decode it because And I mean, that's honestly like really smart marketing on her. Yeah. I'm sure she like, I'm sure she hates that. I'm sure she's tired of that. And she's kind of talked about that recently about like trying to stay out of the spotlight with her boyfriend. Um, but I mean, in terms of like keeping people interested, it's How like, long have they been genius, together? Like, Two years? Like three years. Oh, no. And like in Lover, she says, I've loved you three summers now, honey, but I want them all. Oh, that's cute. It that's so cute. sweet. But what's interesting, I think I, okay, so I'm just going to say I was not disappointed at all by this album. I was so worried prior to it coming out, and then it came out, and I was like, oh, this is very much what I wanted. Like, oh, okay. I feel like That's it's a good. solid Taylor Swift album in terms of, like, sounds. It's, like, what I wanted. I really love that she, like, on Soon You'll Get Better, which I feel like is one of the best songs. Like, yeah. one, it's it shows her versatility in terms of subject matter. Yeah. That's about her mom having cancer. It has yeah. nothing to do with romantic love, and she still is able to speak to that very well. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Love, just in general. Yeah. That's like Platonic her strong love, yeah. And then, But also, love. like, I think there's some really immature stuff on here, like me. Um, but then also, like, songs like False God, I think are just, like, really cool very, and, like, mature Yeah, in a way that I want to see more of moving forward, and I feel like... She's inching towards that. It's going to be really interesting what the next album is going to sound like because yeah. this was this by this album by no means was a flop. I don't mean it to sound like that, but this is the first album by Taylor Swift since Fearless that didn't debut with over a million. Uh huh. It, it it got like eight hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, right. Which exactly. Is like Basically, unbelievable. Yeah. But comparatively less than anything she's done before, mm-hmm. and that's kind of just like a testament of like how the music industry has changed even just since 2017. But it'll be interesting to see as she enters a new decade, which honestly shouldn't matter at all. But because she is a woman in pop, it matters quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like when you turn 30, I guess like a, a switch flips in some people's minds, maybe casual right. listeners in terms of like what bucket you fall into uh-huh. and sure. what subject matter is like appropriate for you to sing about. And so I'm really interested to see because her strong suit is 
songwriting. Mm-hmm. I feel like she is the type of artist who has endless staying power. She could right. remain huge for decades and decades to come and try on different musical styles. So I'm curious to see if she'll continue inching back towards more acoustic sounds the way that Sunil Get Better kind of did. Yeah. Um, because I feel like she could. I wonder if she wants to continue doing this pop route because she's very good at it, but I don't right. know if that's what she sees for herself. I think it's interesting. Yeah. In the same way that, I mean, I think Lady Gaga can do this even more. I think Lady Gaga can mm. put on, like, any musical genre. Yeah, and just, I agree. Like, I mean, she has. She had a whole jazz album. Yeah. Yeah. I feel cheek like, to cheek. <laughs> yeah. God. In that same way, I feel like Taylor Swift doesn't have to be glued to, like, traditional pop. I agree. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next. I'd love if she went back to some country. I love yeah. Love Song. Oh, or not love story. Sorry, I was, I was like, like no, I'm not aqua. I was like, okay, <laughs> love story. I can't tell you how many times I replayed that on my little iPod, iPod Nano. Aww. I was obsessed with that song, and I really think she's a really good country artist. Like our song, I love that song too. That was like my first like Swifty experience was our song, and I'd really like to see her go back to country, even if it's just for an album, because I think commercially it would do really well because like the Swifties I've talked to like they're telling me like yeah she does acoustic versions of her old songs at her concerts and they like that's like the standout moment for them whenever Mm -hmm. they go to one of her shows and so I think it'd be a really smart marketing move for her to go back to country at least for an album yeah I don't think I don't think necessarily like country also Taylor Swift hasn't been country country since 2006 yeah Yeah. but like I think she could do something in the vein of like a singer-songwriter like Almost, I'm not going to say like Norman fucking Rockwell, but right. in terms of like instrumentation on that, where it's just like Lana and like a piano and strings yeah. or like a guitar. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor Swift is at her best when it's just like stripped down lyrics at the forefront. Yeah. And I think. She did that um, that acoustic session recently. Yeah. Oh, With, yeah. Which song was it? It was. Holy um, Ground. Yeah. Everyone was freaking yeah. out about yeah. that. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing about a lot of these songs is like they sound massive, but then she can, the way they're structured. It's almost designed to also work acoustically. Mm-hmm. It's still the same bones at heart as her old music. So mm-hmm. I think she gets the most critical acclaim when she does that. And I think that's okay. something that she cares about a lot, honestly. Yeah. And so I kind of would imagine her leaning more into that. And I would I would love that. All I think right. that'd be really cool for like up next with Taylor Swift. Or like even just something soft like the Archer. Like, you know, it doesn't really that's go beautiful. anywhere like music. Archer is so good. Yeah. I, right. That's what I want from Taylor Swift moving forward. That sounds like a good ending spot in the future. Right. Thank you so much, Nick, for sitting with us and sharing your hot take of the week. <laughs> Tune in to our next episode, which will feature a brand new hot take about what's up next in your queue. Glow My God is a bi-weekly podcast by Afterglow ATX. Follow us on social media at Afterglow ATX for more updates.